Would you turn to James this morning, please? James chapter 4. James 4. We have been for some weeks on the subject of submission and authority. And there's something I believe is very appropriate for us today that continues in this same line of thought. And we'll just call it submission to God's will. Submission to God's will. How many think that's a good idea for 2006? Huh? It's a good idea anytime. But you can't go back. But you can make changes today. Right? And throughout this year so that you do His will for your life. James 4. James 4 and verse uh, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Everybody say more grace. Wherefore he says, God resists the proud. So that's what you don't want to be. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Who's going to do it? Who's going to make you submit to God? I've had preachers. Bless, you know, Brother Hagin used to say, bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. I've had preachers just come to me so adamant right here in this very auditorium. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Brother Keith. I just believe if God wants you to do it, then you, bless God, are going to do it. Because he's God. And you'll do it one way or another. And I said, no, you won't. Made them aggravated. Who's going to make you submit to God? Is God going to make you do his plan for your life? No, he is not. He said, I set before you. Didn't he? Life. Death. Blessing. Cursing. You choose. Do we have a choice? Is he going to make us? What if we choose to be lazy? Selfish? Huh? Go our own way. Then no matter what God had planned for us. Did you hear this now? No matter what he had planned for us. It is not going to automatically happen. Because you can do something else. Besides the will of God. His gifts, his callings are without repentance. He doesn't change. But the further I go, the more I see that so many things that God had planned don't happen. Because people don't cooperate. Now, does that mean that the big plan of God is going to fail? No. No. Because it ain't all riding on you or me as an individual. The reality is if we won't step up and do our job, he'll raise somebody else up that will. And he will get the job done with us or without us. Now, he's got to have some people. Don't misunderstand me. But me or you as an individual are not going to thwart the whole plan of God. Because we don't obey God. Somebody's got to obey God. But the good news is. There are people willing to. There are folks that will. I volunteer to be one of them. How about you? Now me. Here am I. Send me. I'll do it. Many are called. But what? Why? Well the Lord knows the end from the beginning. And many have the opportunity, but not many are willing to make the commitment. The great, listen to this. The greater anointing requires the greater commitment. Would you like to have a stronger anointing? Hmm? Would you like to be closer to God? Would you like to have more of His presence and more revelation and more power in your life, more clarity, 
Well, it requires something of you. Right? You have to give him more of your life. More of yourself. Some years ago, I had the Lord tell me, month after month, he kept telling me this same thing. I don't mean I'm hearing an audible voice, but inside me, come up. He'd say, Keith, the more you give me, the more I'll use. What's he talking about? The more of my life. The more you give me, the more I'll use. I mean, it's like everything. I mean, it's like your money. He can't multiply what you don't sow. He can't bless what you don't give. Well, your whole life is that way. And you know, there are a whole lot of Christians, bless their hearts. They, they came down the altar. They gave their heart to the master. But really, he has a small part of their life. They have their whole life structured. And they do this and then they do this and they got this set up and they all this time for this. And they set aside a little time for the Lord on Sunday morning. And that's all of their life that he really has. A few minutes here or there. But it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that he is the big thing. And all these other things are little side things. Like your job. Little side thing. Oh, come on now. Did you hear that? Little side thing. But in most people's lives, what is it? It's the main thing. It's what everything else revolves around. How many times have people said, well, I can't come to church because of. I can't do that because of. I can't be involved and I can't be on that team. I can't do that because of. So then, you know, what's the big thing? That's the main thing. And so they're only giving the Lord a little piece of the life. Well, he'll use what you give him. Oh, but the more you give him, the more you give him and the more inroads you give him to your life. And there are parts of people's life where they, you know, they'll let God into this part, but not into this part. This is a room where we keep the door shut. We don't want anybody talking about it. Don't mess with us. No, Lord, can't go in that room. Well, behold, he stands at the door. And knocks. And if you got any sense, what will you do? He already knows what's in there. You ain't hiding anything from him. Lord, I don't want you to see what a mess it is. He already knows. He already knows. Be smart. Let him in. Let him in. Now he said, submit yourself to God. Who's going to do that? Nobody's going to make you submit to God. You have to submit yourself. Then having submitted yourself to God, what do you do? Resist the devil and he will flee. Lord gave me a song years ago about that. You want to hear it? Great. I have a request. How's it go? Let's see. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Stand against that problem. It will leave. You see, you can't choose the way to run. Hoping someday I'll get free. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Sing it with me. Resist the devil. He will flee. You got to stand against that problem. It's got to leave. Cause you see, you can't just wait around. Hoping someday I'll get free. Resist the devil. And he will flee. <laughs> The reason I did that is because that little song will come back up in you. Uh Hmm? Something's going on with you. And you can just start singing that. And not just singing it, but doing it. Standing against that, resisting it while you're singing it. Resist the devil. Now that's because you're in a place of submission under God. You're resisting the devil and he'll flee from you. And he said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The lesser should come to the greater. We've talked about that. Right? 
And we shouldn't say, oh, God, you know where I am. You won't talk to me. You know where I am. Come find me. No, no. You show up for work every day. You present yourself before him and you say, here am I, Lord. I'm available. What would you do with me today? And you do the same thing with the people that God has placed over you. You don't get huffy and go, well, they know where I am. If they want to call me, if they want to talk to me. Or if your leaders, if you think something's wrong between you and your leaders, well, I guess they want something to say to me. They can come talk to me. No, you go to them and you make yourself available. Now, one thing that the Lord was showing me, we touched on this a little bit last few weeks. But the Lord said this to me. He said, my people are not deriving the full benefit of the ones I've put over them. They're not getting the full benefits of their, you know, children, of their parents. Homes and houses of the heads of house. Churches of their pastors and leaders and ministers. He said they're not getting the full benefits because of not submitting to them. If you don't submit yourself to God, then you don't give him a right to give into your life. Oh, can you see this now? And there are legalities involved. And there are so many times in situations, people I wanted to help. Things I wanted to do. And I knew there was grace and revelation and anointing to help these people. But I didn't have an inroad. They were rebellious against me. They wouldn't give me any place. And so there was no anointing to do anything. And so they think it's just a power trip for leaders, but they don't realize it's for their benefit and they're not receiving the full benefit. Oh, can you see that? That's why he said, you know, in fact, go to Hebrews real quickly. Let's read this. I'm still reviewing a little bit, but uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, 13, 17. What does it say? Obey them. A lot of folk don't even like that language at all. They don't like that right there. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote this? Huh? Is this Bible? Then what should you do? <laughs> I got about five people that said that. <laughs> Obey them that have the rule over you and do what? Submit Who's going to make you submit? Yeah. Nobody. You got to submit yourself. For they do what? They watch for your souls. As they that must give an account that they may do it. How? With joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. It's supposed to be profitable for you. That you have leaders. There's supposed to be help that comes to you. Anointing, grace, revelation, strength, encouragement. But it only comes to you to the degree you submit yourself to it. From God the Father all the way down. Oh, can you see that? That's bigger in my spirit than I feel like I'm expressing it. But it is such a big deal. Children are not deriving the full benefit of their parents. Teenagers I'm talking about in particular. Because of not submitting to them. Children and wives are not deriving the full benefit out of their husband and father because of not submitting. Church members are not deriving the full benefit out of their leaders because of not submitting. The list goes on and on. There's so much more that would flow. Oh, can you hear this now? The more people would. There's been, uh, I don't know at the times in my life. The people who were over me. I remember one night that uh, I went the wrong way in a service. I was helping Brother Hagin. And I just flat missed it. And, uh, you know, if I'd have had listened, I'd have, you know, he said, come up here and do this, Brother Key, you know, sing us a song. So I sang a little song. And he said, there's something else. And I said, well, uh, maybe a teaching. He said, I don't think so. Sing us another song. So I did. You know, I submitted. And, and uh, But I kept thinking there's a teaching. And that had happened before. And so he said, uh, 
something, there's something else. I said, a teaching? He said, no, I don't think so. Sing us another song. <laughs> this happened three times. Finally, he said, nah, there's something else. And uh, we must develop more people in this church and ministry that don't look to me and Phyllis for everything. Are you listening? For one thing, we can't grow and become as big as we need to with us doing everything that we're doing right now. We have too many folk that say, what do we do and wait on us to tell them. That's not the way I was trained. Brother Hagen just look at me and go, something else. What? He expects you to find out and come up with it. And that's why I developed. Did you hear me? Because I didn't look to somebody else to give me the answers all the time. Leaders are not supposed to come up with all the answers for every little detail. And uh, so the third time he looks at me and he says, uh, nah, there's something else. And I said, could it be the teaching? <laughs> well, you laugh now, you know. I should have seen it. He said, well, all right. Well, that should have been enough right there, right? Yeah. Of course, when you're younger and dumber. And he plopped down in the chair. And I started off with my teaching. It was dead. It was dry. And the further we went, the worse it got. And then we closed. And that was it. Hmm. We got back to the room. Man, I felt bad. Oh, I felt bad. I cried. But you know what I did? I went to him. I didn't wait till I could see him again. I called him on the phone right then. I said, Brother Hagin. He said, yeah. I said, I missed it. I'm sorry. He said, I know it. I said, Dad, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. He said, that's all right. He said, I've missed it too. He said, just stay with me. Stay hooked. Don't let this discourage you. Every one of us that learned how to flow in the Spirit made some mistakes. And that it wasn't just the words, but every time he was saying something, strength was coming into me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just picked me right up. It just picked me right up. Now, do you see why I'm telling you this? What if I hadn't called? See, I said people, I didn't say it, the Lord said it. People are not receiving the full benefit of their leaders. Because they're not submitting themselves to them. Too haughty, too proud, too ashamed, too embarrassed. The list goes on. And it's not easy to pick up the phone or to go to somebody and say, I blew it, man. I'm sorry. I messed up. But is that not humbling yourself? And who gets grace? Those who humble themselves, what do they get? They, I'm telling you, as he was talking to me over the phone, right? I mean, he said, that's all right. He said, just stay with me. Stay hooked. See, what happens a lot of times, people get embarrassed and they get upset and they cut and they run. They quit. He said, just stay hooked. Stay with me. And as he spoke, just a few phrases, encouragement came into me and help. These are not just words and sounds, a spiritual something. It wouldn't have happened if I hadn't submitted myself. And acknowledge, what am I saying? See, without going into a long spill, I was saying, you are my elder. You're over the service. If you say, I don't think so, you shouldn't have had it said it three times. Right? I should have listened. I should have paid attention. But I didn't. (laughs) Why? Ignorant. Proud. The list goes on. But there is grace for those Who will humble themselves. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. The next services we had after that were powerful. 
They were great. Had some of the best anointing I'd had. And we just went on from there. Can you say amen? Amen. Do you see this? Hallelujah. Go with me over to Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 17. Well, verse 16 goes with it. He says, redeeming the time. How much of 2006 should we blow and waste? How much of 2005 did we waste? (laughs) I was thinking about the phrase yesterday, killing time. That just don't even sound good, does it? Killing, that's killing time. You ever heard that? What does it mean to kill time? What y'all doing? Ah, we just killing time. You're doing what to time? We're killing it. (laughs) Well, why would you say kill it? Because actually it is correct. What is time? Time. Hours, minutes, clocks means nothing. Means there was a time when there was not such a thing. And depending on what part of the world you are, it's a different time. What's happening on the clock means nothing. So what is time, really? Time is your life. Time is a space, an opportunity you have to live on the earth. And so really you begin to see that it's an appropriate term. You're talking about killing time. You are wasting life. Would be the more accurate way to say it. How much life do we have to waste? Isn't it something how foolish people can be? How little life we have. And we act like we can blow big chunks of it. Like we can afford it. We can just waste months and years doing stupid stuff like we've got an unlimited amount of it. For one thing, even if you live a long, full life, you don't have much. You have vapor time. Right? And the Lord could come before you finish up your space. We're closer to it than anybody's ever been. One thing's for sure. We need to obey this. And be redeeming of the time. Right? Redeeming of the time. What does he go on to say the next verse? What does it say? Wherefore be not unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the very best use of our time and our life? Doing the will of God. Oh, come on, let that get in your spirit stronger this morning. Tell me what's the very best use of your life? Doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. Well, you got to know the will of God to do the will of God. And that's what he says. Don't be unwise, but what? Understand. Does he expect you and I to find out, to discover, and to be aware of, and to know the will of God? And not only that, but what else? Understand it. Now, man, that just flies in the face of all kinds of uh, religious sayings. How about that? Well, you just never know. Boy, I don't agree with this. He says, you better know. You better find out what the will. Well, you just never know what the will of God is. I just know what this says. You're supposed to find out and know and even understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, we can't understand God. We can't understand the will of God. He told you to understand the will of God. Oh, it's sad how ignorant so many Christians are. They'll believe this other stuff instead of this verse. Now, we can't understand the will of God, Brother Keith. Well, I reckon you better. He told us to. 
Said out loud, I can know the will of God. I can understand the will of God for my life. And I can redeem the time and make the best use of my remaining days in doing the will of God. That's what the Bible says. Right? Don't listen to all this other stuff you just never know. You can't understand. Don't listen to that junk. Don't. Listen to this. And what we just got through confessing, we ought to say it repeatedly. As it comes up to you, anything that tells you, well, you don't know what you're going to do. How can you know? You push that out of your mind. You say, I understand the will of God. He shows me his will. I want us to purpose in our hearts this morning that we are going to know and we are going to do the will of God in this new year. Do you see this? Say it again. I will know. I will understand. And I will do the will of God in 2006. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know at the times I've had people come to me just frantic. I'm thinking, uh, oh, this has been about 15 years ago. This brother came to me, minister. He said, oh, Brother Keith, you got to pray for me. Brother Keith, you got to pray for me. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I said, what, what? He said, I got this big decision coming up. And I just don't know what to do. I have prayed and I have prayed and I have fasted and I just don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm afraid I'm going to miss it. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid if I do the wrong thing, I could just ruin my whole ministry. I don't know what to do. I said, how long you been saying that? He said, what? That you don't know what to do. He said, oh, now don't start on me with that confession stuff. (laughs) I said, well, you shouldn't have come then. I can't create something new and different from what the word says. I said, you you saying you don't know what to do. He said, no, and I don't know what to do. I said, wonder if there's any connection here. You saying every 20 minutes, I don't know what to do, and you are... Highly developed in your awareness of your ignorance. It's just like you just never know. It's not in here. You don't find scripture that says, you just don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We can't know. It says, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they won't follow. Scripture says, you have an anointing or an unction of the Holy One and you know, you You know all things. That's Bible. I said, that's Bible. You got to make up your mind. You're going to say what you feel, what you've experienced, or you're going to say the word. So I began to try to encourage him. I said, no, brother. I said, all of us are tempted to feel that way and talk that way. I said, here's what you say. And this is all you say. You say, he is ordering my steps. He is directing my paths. I am his sheep. I know his voice. I got an anointing on the inside of me. And I know exactly what I need to do. And I will do the right thing. He's leading me. He's guiding me. I'll do the right thing. Now you got to say that when your head will say, we don't have a clue. Say, shut up. We don't have a clue what to do. And you got to say it when it looks like you've made a wrong turn the last three times. It's all about faith. And you say, no, no, I'll do the right thing. We'll make the right choice. We'll make the right decision. We'll go the right way. Everybody said out loud, he's ordering my steps. He's directing my paths. He is leading me. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. A stranger's voice. I won't follow. I have an anointing of the Holy One. And I know. I know. 
I know everything that I need to know in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.17, what did it say? Don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. But what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can you know? Yes. Don't listen to all this stuff about you can't know. You can know. Will know. Do know. Now go to John, please. John 7. Now, there are a number of people in this room today, and there's a whole lot of people not in this room that are with us and in those that will hear this later. But there are a lot of people in our groups, and when I say that I'm talking about worldwide, that have had a lot of things in their life last year that was not the will of God. And I want to give you two powerful truths and tools so that we can change this. And that which has not been the will of God, we eliminate it. And there have been areas where the will of God was just lacking. It should have been there, but it wasn't. It was somebody else's will. So these also apply to that. To eliminate things that are expressly against the will of God and then to bring in and include the will of God where it was not included. Just two things. And number one, you see it right here in John 7. John 7 and 16. Jesus said, my doctrine, my teaching is not mine. But it's his that sent me. Can you see Jesus as the perfect example of submission to the Father? He said, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He said, I don't say my own words. I don't do my own will. He completely submitted. He said, I do always those things that please him. Complete submission. Was he submitted completely? Do you see tremendous grace on him? Well, the humble get the grace. Has nothing to do with being weak. It takes much more strength to humble yourself than to be proud. Any weakling can be proud. Now, that's not widely taught and known in our society, but it's truth. Any weakling can be proud. It takes strength. Real strength, core deep strength to be truly humble, like the master. He said, come learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest to your soul. He said, verse 17, after you'd said, my doctrine's not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Listen to another translation, the NIV. He said, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Listen with your spirit now, not just with your mind. This is a spiritual principle. I'm going to say it again. Close your eyes. Think about it. If any man wills to do his will, he will find out whether it's God or man. Did you hear that? Another translation talks about if any man wills to do his will, is willing to do his will, he will know or he will find out. Find out what? What's God and what's man? What's me and what's God? What's flesh and what's God? Have you ever heard people say, well, I just don't know. Is that me or is that God or is that just them? Oh, this is a powerful thing. This is a powerful thing. What gives you, what gives God the inroad into your insides to reveal and give you what actually it's called discretion, the ability to discern and know the difference. 
It comes from God. You're not smart enough to figure it out on your own. Nor am I, nor is anybody. God has to give it to you. It's revelation. It's understanding of his will. And what is the foundation of it here? Willingness. Willingness to do what? So have we been wasting our time the last several minutes talking about being willing to do his will? Oh, no, no. It's not something you just run over and pass over. See, a whole lot of people just are not willing. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to look at it. But when it comes down to it and comes time to do it, mm -mm. we talk about submission and take notes on it and play tapes. But do it, you mean now? Here? With you? Uh. You got to be willing to do it when it comes time to do it. There's talkers and there's doers. Say it out loud, I'm willing to do his will. It's something that has to work in you. There are times when you need to admit to yourself that you haven't been willing and not play games. And there's sometimes you, you are to admit to other people and not play games. And you say, you know, I hadn't been willing. Brother Hagin tells a story about a fellow that he knew. Young man got saved, got filled with the Spirit, so excited, so turned on to God. Said, Lord, I want to give you my whole life. Anything you want me to do, anything you want me to do. Next thing you know, he's backslid. Not coming to church. Doing stuff he ought not be doing. Preacher tried to talk to him. People tried to help him. What's wrong? Finally got down to it. So he thought maybe the Lord was dealing with him to go to China and be a missionary. And he didn't want to leave home. And he found out the less he prayed about it. And the less he got in church. The less he read his Bible. The less it bothered him. So he just kind of backed off. And cooled off. Now see a few days before he's hollering. Oh Lord. I want to do your will. Show me what you want me to do. Show me what you want me to do. And he goes. You know. Deals with him about something. Oh. 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 Hadn't thought about that. Oh. That. Well, he got back to God and got, you know, stirred up again and got to praying again. And this came back to him about this China thing and this missionary thing. And he thought, uh. and he wound up in a few weeks and months backsliding again. Uh, he messed around like this and wasted years in and out, in and out. Finally, this is his own testimony. He got to the altar. And just fell across and said, oh God, if you want me to go to China, I'll go to China, I'll go to China. The Lord said, I never wanted you to go to China. (laughs) I wanted you to be willing. If you're not willing to do anything, you're not ready to do his thing. The least bit of unwillingness puts a barrier between you and him. And it also... Uh, put you in darkness concerning your discernment, knowing what's him and what's man. Oh, can you see this? If any man wills to do his will, he will know. He will find out whether it's of God, whether it's of man. He'll find out how many would be in faith that you're going to find out what's the will of God and what's just men And men's ideas and your own ideas. And what is God? What is the will of God? Where does it start? It starts with a willing, willing, willing heart, willing mind. Do not just pop up today and say, yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing. Okay. I'm willing. No, 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 no. This is much deeper than this. You got to get in the floor and pray about this. And as God begins to show you things, there'll be things come up. And initially you won't be willing. And you'll have to get through it. Did you hear me? And you'll have to crucify your flesh and submit your will to his will and say, Lord, yeah, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. And look at it and be serious about it. If you want me to go, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. I am willing to do anything. That's a big statement. 
I said, that's a big statement. Because the Lord's going to call you on it. Oh, but if you only had any understanding, if we did about this, we would not fear the will of God. He's not going to lead you somewhere where it's going to be bad. I mean, if he's dealing with you to go to another country, to go to another place, then you ought to get excited. That's the place where your blessing's at. That's the place where you thrive like you've never thrived before. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Everybody say willing. 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 Does your prosperity have anything to do with this? Or the other way around. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Okay, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Go to Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. We're talking about finding and doing the will of God for 2006. What's the first part of it? Do you just run past this and go, yeah, yeah, I'm willing. That's being foolish. Pray about it. Lay before the Lord. Bear your heart. Search your soul. And say it. And then say, Lord, show me. Show me. In fact, right now is a good time to pray it. Pray it out loud. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. Father God. Any areas. Any ways. I have not been willing. I ask you to reveal it to me. Help me to see it. Show it me. And by your grace, I'll repent. And with your help, I will change it. And I will to be willing. I will to do your will. I delight to do your will. Oh God, hallelujah. As that develops in you, what did Jesus say would happen? You will find out. You will know what is God and what is man. Well, what if you're unwilling? You won't find out. See, the Lord knows everything and he knows there's no need in him talking to you about it. You're not willing to do it. A lot of it's mercy. You'd just be accountable for stuff that you're not going to do. Did you hear this now? He knows if you're willing or not. Just go ahead and try it out by faith again. Say it out loud. I will go anywhere. I will stay anywhere. I will help anybody. I will do anything, anywhere that pleases you, O Lord. Cultivate that in you. Stir it in you. Pray it in you. Willingness. And can you stand on these words as you do? What's going to be happening to you? You're going to find out. You're going to know what's God and what's man. That was worth you coming this morning. Just that right there. Just that right there. But number two. Here's one of the most powerful. Another uh, powerful tool at your disposal. Whereby you can find and do the will of God in 2006. One is what? Willing. Willing. Really willing. Willing to do his will. Number two is. Your words. Mark 11.23. Are you there? Mark 11.23. Have you got that marked? Do you know that verse? What does it say? Verily I say to you. Whosoever shall. Shall do what? Say. Say. What do you say when you say? You say words. Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, 
And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Says, says, saith, says, says. Is it important? What if something is in your life? That should not be there. Obviously this mountain he's talking about. Would not be according to the will of God. Or he wouldn't be telling you how to get rid of it. This is a mountainous problem. This is a mountainous difficulty. This is a big problem. In your life. You want it out of the way. How do you get it out of the way? Beg God. Beg him. Please. God. Make this mountain move. Please, God, get this mountain out of my life. Please, 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 I'll do better. Please. Is that what he said do? Then why are millions doing that? Why are millions doing that? Begging God to make the mountain go away. What did he say? Hmm? Millions have made New Year's resolutions and even the majority of non-Christians don't believe they work (laughs) right resolution well I'm making a new year's resolution what's your resolution resolution well what's a resolution a lot of times what people mean is they're thinking about Doing something about something that ought to be done. <laughs> sure been thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it pretty seriously now. Yep. You know, I, I really think I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> You're already defeated. Before you start. No, no, no. I'm really going to, I'm going to try this time. What does try imply? Now listen. What does try imply? Try implies you might not be able to. Try implies that your best effort might not be enough. So you're already believing. That you might not have the ability to do this. But you're going to give it a shot. Did he say try and get this mountain out of the way? What did he say? You know, do your best. Because sometimes these old mountains are stubborn. (laughs) And you just never know. Now I'm taking some extra time and I'm laughing, but there's a lot of this stuff ain't been funny. There's people have hurt. In 2005 because of stuff in their life that is not right and it's not the will of God and it's a mountain that's been bearing down on them and choking them and they've begged and they've cried and they felt bad and they pulled this lever and pushed this switch and here we are 2006 and it's still there. And it is a hindrance to them doing the will of God. Hmm? Maybe it's health problems. Maybe it's mental and emotional. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. The list goes on. Maybe it's stealing. You understand what I'm saying? We'd like to all come and sit up in here and think everything's fine. We're all holy and sanctified. Hallelujah. <laughs> But there's a lot of things that ought not be there. Now, the good news is God's already got the answer for us right here, right here. How to get it out. Tell me number one. Number one, you've got to be willing, willing to do it his way, willing to do what he says, willing If he says cut that off, you got to be willing to cut it off. 
If he says start this, you got to be willing to start this. If he says, I want this whole thing out of your life. I want you to get out of this and get out of that. And I want you to cut this off. And I want you to no longer be a part of that. you got to be willing to do it. He says, I want you to quit this and quit this and move here and start a totally different thing. you got to be willing. You can't be crying about mama and them and all my friends and my lifestyle and my hobbies and my, 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 my. That's unwilling. Unwilling. And it'll choke you. And it'll deceive you. And you won't know what's God and what's man. Must be willing. Can you say amen? Amen. Now once you're willing, truly, genuinely willing, God's got something to work with. I said he's got something to work with. So many times people pray, oh God, oh God help me. Oh God help me. You know, uh, I keep spending too much money. Help me. You got to help me with my overspending. Oh God, I just eat too much. I eat too much. I'm 300 pounds overweight. You got to help me. God, you got to help me. God, I just drink too much. I drink and drink and get drunk. You got to help me. Oh God, help me. People can do this for year after year after year. Because really, you know what they're saying? They're not saying, God, help me. God, do it for me. God, make me do it. Do it for me. Ain't going to happen. You've got to give him something to work with. And what's the first big something? Genuinely. Truly. To your core. Willing. Willing. And once you got that, once God's got that, he's going to begin to give you discretion, understanding. You're going to know the difference. Grace will begin to come into you. And here's the next powerful tool in your arsenal. The words of your mouth. By your words is life and death. Without taking time or going back there, how many remember the book of James? We're in the fourth chapter, but in the third chapter, just back up a few verses, you know, where he talked about just like the bridle can control that whole big horse and all of his strength and that rudder on the ship can control that huge ship and all its cargo. He said, your tongue can control your whole life. Is that what he said? No, you need to read it. Go back to James. You need to read that phrase so that you know this is not my words. James Chapter 3, James 3 and 2, what does it say? In many things we offend all, all of us have made mistakes, but if any man offend not or doesn't miss it in word, in what he says, the same is a perfect man, and able also to what? Bridle or to control what? Your weight. Your health, your habits, your desires, your sex life. Did you hear me? Is it controllable? The Bible said you can control your whole body with what? With what? Your your words. Now a lot of folk don't believe that. But it's true whether they believe it or not. Everybody say, willing Willing. and words. Words. This is how you're going to get rid of the things that's not the will of God in your life. And this is how you're going to find and do the will of God. Willing and words. Makes no difference what the habit is. Makes no difference what the weakness. How many times you've yielded to the flesh. How weak you've been with a word of integrity. A word of truth. A word of faith. You can come out. Two big things now. Did you hear I said word of integrity? Or another way of saying a word of truth. You must cease. To be a liar. As long as I, I know you've heard me talk about this. I think some people think that's my soapbox. You know. Is talk about lying. But I'm telling you. 
There are few things bigger in a person's life. You cannot be a person of faith. You cannot be an overcomer. You cannot be one who does the will of God and be a liar. Cannot. You put yourself in a place where God can't help you. I know that's a strong thing to say, but it's just a fact. The devil is the father of lies. Did you hear this now? And when you align yourself with him, you're yielding yourself to the devil, to his deception, to his lies. Well, you're not submitting to God. You're not giving him the place in your life and you're not receiving his benefit and you're in no position to resist the enemy because you're yielding to the enemy. Your word must be a word of integrity that when you say it, that's it. A word of truth. And a word of faith. Now let's go back to this number. I believe you'll see why we're talking about this. Let's say a person has had problems with their weight. They balloon up, balloon down, and it's just made them miserable. And so they're going to make a New Year's resolution. I'm losing X amount of extra weight. I'm not eating any sweets. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Well, three weeks later, they ate four of them that day. Hmm? People laugh about it. Is it funny? Why would it be that they ate four of them and they said, I'm not eating them? They're a liar. Now, people don't like this, but this is reality. And this is why people do not get out. That's why they don't break free. Because their word is no good. Their word has no power. They're liars. Here's something real strong today, friend. Either do it or don't say it. Make up your mind. When I say it. That's it. That's the way God is. When he says it, his word has been purified and perfected from the beginning to the end. And he has already thought it through and made the commitment and put his heart and his power into it. And heaven and earth will come and go. But that word that he said, and he said, has he said it? Shall he not do it? God is not a man that he should lie. Can you see? This is part of his insides. What makes him so powerful? He won't say it. Unless he intends to do it. And when he says it, it will happen. You got to become that way. I must be that way. Read this verse again, Mark eleven twenty three. Is this how to get mountains out of your life? Is Jesus telling us how to get even the biggest and the most resistant things out of our life? How? What did he say? You say to the mountain. This ain't praying. This ain't begging God about the mountain. This is you talking to the thing. To the problem. You're talking to it. And you say, problem. You be removed. You be ripped up and torn out and thrown into the sea. And don't doubt in your heart. But believe in your heart that what you said not now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What am I supposed to be believing on this? Huh? But shall believe that those things that God said. What? What have I got to believe? Shall believe that those things that he, the speaker, that's me. Can you see why this is such an issue? I have to believe in my words. I have to believe what I say. I have to believe that what I say comes to pass. Now the foundation of it is me standing on what he said. 
But I have to believe what I say. Well, if I'm a liar, my own heart knows it. And so I can rattle on all day, but I know I'm a liar. And I don't really believe what I'm saying. So it's not going to happen. Friend, if you got the will, God's got the way. And here it is with your words. You're willing. Here's the way. I remember when I was a, Phyllis and I made application to go to Ramah. And uh, I filled out the uh, application. And one of the things I asked was, do you use tobacco? And I did. My dad smoked cigars, and I did too. I liked them. And I also dipped sometimes. Oh, gross, Brother Keith. I'm a country boy. What can I say? But after years of tobacco, I had grown quite fond of it. Get used to it, you know. And especially doing certain things, you'd reach for your tobacco. You got used to it. Well, the dean of the school called me. Because I wouldn't lie about it. I put down, yeah, smoke a cigar once in a while. Well, they weren't too happy about that. And he said, what about this tobacco use? You know, we, everything else looks good. You're approved. But what about that? And I realized that could be a problem for me. And I wasn't going to let that hinder me from doing the will of God. Somebody said, you believe a fellow smoke a cigar and love God with all his heart? I did. <laughs> you know, do a fellow got drunk, and, but he loves God? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's flesh. Did you hear me? It's being weak. Yeah. Don't stay away from church because you drink or smoke or whatever. Get in church. Get built up. Get strong. We love you. God loves you. Right? Ain't nobody in hell for smoking cigars or drinking. Or for doing drugs or bad stuff. I mean, it's for rejecting Jesus. Not accepting him. He cleanses. He forgives. But I saw that uh, that's something I needed to cut off. No more cigars for me. And because, you know, whether someone says, well, you know, I don't know if that's this. You can debate it or not. But the issue is if somebody loses confidence in you because of a thing. Did you hear me? And you're not willing to lay it aside. Then it is gripping you more than you're admitting. It's running you. You like to say, I can, but. And I, the Lord helped me to see what I'm telling you today. The key to me, because I think about it, and I talk about it, and I kept using. Because you get used to it, you know. It's there. You like it. You enjoy it. So that's one thing a lot of people, they try to ignore. There is some fun in sin. The Bible talks about the pleasure of sin. There is pleasure in sin. Don't be a fool and act like it's not. It is. But it's just for a short time. And it costs you too much. You with me now? And uh, the Lord helped me to see this is how you do it. With your words. So I didn't just say something. I worked on myself. I'm checking my heart. Am I willing? You get this now? Am I willing not to smoke any more cigars? No more tobacco. Am I willing? First, I wasn't too willing. I thought, hey, I like a good cigar. That's my flesh. But the Lord showed me, release your words. Say your words. And it'll hold you if you're not a liar. So finally, I saw, I can't let this keep me out of Rhema. I can't let this keep me out of the will of God. I can't. I got to let this go. So I said it. Now this is what I said. I won't use any tobacco for a week. Now you're laughing, but I'm trying to teach you something. It's like, I'm never going to eat a piece of pie again as long as I live. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
That's a while. That's a while. And what if you're down on some mission field and all y'all got to eat some pie? Have you really imagined every scenario and the rest of your life? Now, there's some things you don't need, like heroin. Right? You go the rest of your life with no heroin, just fine. And same with tobacco. But, did you hear what I'm doing? I'm not playing with this. If I say I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life, I'm not going to be a liar. Am I ready to make that commitment? Well, that day I wasn't. But I said, okay, I'm not using any tobacco. And there have been times I've written down something. I'd write it down and I'd sign my name to it and I'd read it before the Lord. And I'd say, I will not do this for this length of time or for whatever. And fold it up and put it in my pocketbook, carry it around with me. Can you see now I'm bound? Can you see this? I'm bound. Unless I'm just a liar. And if I'm a liar, I have no strength. I have no integrity inside me. I have nothing. I take away what God needs to work with. Well, I wanted some tobacco. But I can't lie. I stood before God. I told before the Lord. I will not use any tobacco for a week. So I can't. I don't care if you think it's going to kill you. You can't because your word's on the line. Oh, are you hearing this, friends? If, if you don't get this, you'll never come out. You'll never overcome in any area. You don't say it unless you're going to do it. And when you say it, you do it. Well, I made it through the week. I realized this is the way I need to go. So I said, I'm not going to use any tobacco for the whole month. And I kept branching it out. And that was quite a while ago. And I hadn't had any tobacco since. But you see what I'm saying? Whatever area it is of your life, what's going to get you out of that? Willingness. You're not playing with it now. You're really willing. And then what? You put your words on it. If you're not ready to commit to it for the rest of your life... Don't say it, but say something. Give God something to work with and get started headed that way. Like the rudder, like the bit. Get your tongue to turn in your life that way. And when you say it, that's it. That's it. When you say it, by the grace of God, that's how it will be. Can you see this? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, please. Oh, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord. Lift up your hands, praise God, give glory to God. Ushers, y'all can come right on. We're going to take communion over this today. We're going to take communion over submitting our will to the will of God. We're going to take communion over being a A person of our word having a word of integrity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.